welcome. This is Attorney Alan Edmonds. I'm bringing you another podcast um, about military law and specifically the problems that the United States military is having with retention and recruitment. It's a problem that's been around for decades. Uh, Everybody that uh, assumes the office of Deputy Secretary of Defense or Secretary of Defense uh, gives it lip service. They spend a number of years in the office and no real improvement. And today the figures for retention and recruitment are dismal. They do change. Sometimes one area of the military, such as the Marine Corps, has a year of meeting uh, recruiting goals. But most of the time, uh, these goals are not met. And people are getting out of the service for a variety of reasons. Uh, This is attorney Alan Edmonds. I've been practicing military law for over 46 years, and you can reach me at 800-481-2526. My law firm, the Edmonds Law Firm, uh, has offices coast to coast in California, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and of course, Washington, D.C., and we stand ready to talk to you and answer your questions if you're a veteran seeking a discharge upgrade, or you have military problems in your active duty, you've received at GOMOR. Uh, G-O-M-O-R, or other actions being taken against you, call us at 800-481-2526. But this is an open letter from me to Deputy Secretary Kathleen H. Hicks at the Department of Defense. And it's uh, intended to be uh, my suggestions to the Secretary on uh, improving and ending the perennial problem of recruitment and retention. And it's really very simple. It's very simple. And of course, most solutions are simple. It's simply that there's resistance to implementation. And that resistance in this case comes from the flag community. The old crusty uh, admirals and generals that uh, love the status quo as crippling as it is. And I might point out uh, to the secretary Uh, Kathleen Hicks, that the reason we have this problem today and the reason you've inherited this problem when you took the office is that uh, you and your predecessors have all relied on the flag community for solutions. And there aren't uh, any solutions forthcoming. It's a a joke almost. Uh, The flag community, the generals and the admirals, what have you, will not change something that they have absolute control on. And the uh, unfortunate reality is that uh, politics in Washington, D.C. has institutionalized uh, this paralysis. But I am an optimist. I've been helping veterans uh, my whole career. Uh, I'm honored to help veterans with discharge upgrades. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about uh, the second in a series of reasons why recruitment and retention has not improved and in fact is dismal and really affects national security and our readiness. In the first uh, episode or first installment, I sent a letter to Secretary Kathleen Hicks and said, the first problem you have is the way the military treats recruits. I don't care if it's Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, recruits are are treated terribly. And uh, they see the recruiting posters at the recruiting offices. They're beautiful colored posters. 
and uh, they glorify the military, whatever branch they're in. And these young kids, age 18, off the farm, and they uh, believe what they see. They also believe recruiters. And if you uh, ever took the time to uh, research recruiter misconduct over the years, you'd be shocked at the number of uh, recruiters that are disciplined, that encourage young kids to lie on their recruiting applications and the SF-86. That's another story for another day. So the first installment was about the poor treatment of recruits. And uh, again, it's institutionalized. Uh, the chain of command is uh, supporting the NCO community or senior enlisted community. Uh, they do things because they have tremendous pressure on them to meet recruiting goals. And they will uh, mislead young recruits that don't know better. The young people that come in to sign up for the military think that they have to follow orders. And those orders come from a recruiter and they're not even in uniform. The young uh, uh, possible inductees are not in uniform. They're civilian. And they do whatever the recruiter tells them relative to the answers on an SF-86 or recruiting application. In fact, what many of you don't know is that the applicant, the young individual, man or woman applying for the military, usually doesn't fill the forms out himself. The recruiter fills the forms out. The recruiter has an insane goal of recruitment per month. And most experienced uh, and um, career enlisted uh, E6 and above will tell you that uh, one of the most uh, dangerous jobs to have is recruiting. It is a career uh, disaster for people that want to become career officers to be assigned to recruiting. And uh, most people avoid it like the plague. They don't want to be a recruiter because the goals are impossible and the pressure to reach those goals are enormous. In any event, I told the secretary in my first installment that the recruiting uh, conduct, but also the first uh, six months in uniform are uh, a horrendous uh, nightmare for young men and women. They have no emotional and moral support. Uh, they have no place to turn. And uh, that's where the abuse occurs. And I'm not going to get into it blow by blow. I've handled court martials where young female recruits are uh, sexually assaulted uh, repeatedly, uh, where young males are just uh, physically abused. And it goes on and on. And what happens is they uh, summarily get uh, removed from the service and they get a, a bad discharge, an OTH or even a BCD. And they've never had an experience like being in the military. And uh, the military doesn't offer second chances, especially depending upon the company commander, uh, who is not very well trained in management or personnel. And uh, the command supports them because they have no choice, or so they think. And so the abuse is perpetual. And uh, there's a huge... Uh, population of people that are enlisted and they leave the military 
And when they leave, as I told uh, Deputy Secretary Hicks, they don't have nice things to say about their experience. And I reminded uh, Secretary Hicks, I said, who wants to work for an organization that doesn't know how to treat its people, that abuses them, takes them uh, in a position where they have no defense, no support, and um, they get out of the service. And what do they do? They tell everybody around them, stay away from the military. So that was the first letter. I've oversimplified it and overstated it. And uh, I haven't heard back from Secretary Hicks. I'm sure it's a letter she did not want to receive. I sent her a case history of a recent case uh, for a young man that uh, asked for an emergency separation within the first six months of his enlistment because his mother was dying and he was being denied the opportunity to go see his mother who was dying. And uh, his uh, senior enlisted people just totally strung him out and uh, that's the type of treatment that young people can expect from the military, Marine Corps, Army, um, Navy, and Air Force. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It doesn't have to occur. But I presented that case to her. And uh, I'm not going to go into it or name, uh, provide names, but uh, the situation is very, very aggravated. Today's case is uh, a discussion or reason number two why people uh, don't want to enter the service, they don't want to be uh, retained, and uh, it affects recruitment. And that is how the military treats those people that are getting out of the military. I'm talking about the young uh, enlisted, uh, E1 through E4. They're being mistreated, and they go to non-judicial punishment or Article 15, and they get hammered. Um, I have done courts martials all over the world. Uh, you are aware of people like General Petraeus can commit adultery, can share classified information with an individual that's not uh, cleared to have that information. And the military will bust him a pay grade and give him an honorable discharge with benefits. To an enlisted person, if they uh, smoke marijuana, if they're late for formation or musters, if they uh, are late for PT, uh, any number of instances, uh, they can be written up. They can be taken to Article 15. When you go to Article 15, no one wins. The young enlisted person never wins. Uh, I'm waiting after 46 years to see an Article 15 where the commanding officer decides in favor of the young enlisted person. It just does not happen. It's a 100% conviction rate. So the young man or woman gets busted. They're already probably in E2 or E3. They get busted down to E1. They get fined and forfeited, and they're awarded a discharge, an OTH usually. Maybe a general under honorable, but an OTH. And they don't have the money to fight it, they get this OTH and their life is ruined from that point forward. They may be only 19 years old, maybe 20. Or it may be a, a person that uh, is a third-class 
petty officer, for example, the Navy and E4, and they they get into trouble and uh, no second chances, and they get dismissed. They get uh, a administrative separation, and their lives are uh, absolutely devastated with a OTH other than honorable, and uh, they can't get jobs. They can't enter law enforcement. They lose a lot of VA benefits, and uh, they're scarred for the rest of their life unless they can shake this uh, OTH label that they have. And that's what we're going to talk about today because the Edmonds Law Firm handles discharge upgrades. And when I talk about discharge upgrades and the Discharge Review Board and the Board of Corrections, I want you to know I'm not going to disparage the people that sit on those boards. They're just following orders and they really don't have the power in the system to um, go against what the senior member wants. In fact, when you look at the statistics, you'll find that out of 26,000 applicants per year, that less than 4% are approved for a discharge upgrade. That's ridiculous because you have to realize that this discharge upgrade is punishment. It punishes people every day. So Secretary Hicks, what I want you to do is make some phone calls and confirm what I'm telling you about discharge uh, upgrade proceedings. Are they really that terrible for the applicant? Can 95 people out of 100 be denied a discharge upgrade for something they did when they were 18 or 19 or 20 years old? And does that punitive discharge really impact their career path, their educational benefits, their medical benefits? Does it really impact them for the rest of their life if they cannot receive a discharge upgrade? And that's the problem. I've written to the Secretary of the Navy. I've written to other people. And change is very, very difficult, if not impossible, if you're trying to right the people that enjoy the status quo and are afraid to make changes that are necessary. So, Secretary Hicks, if you want to know why people aren't staying in the military and why recruitment is so dismal, it's because the discharge upgrade process is a catastrophe and it ruins lives. And again, people that receive a punitive discharge don't have nice things to say about the military. They've been labeled in an onerous way. Their families are suffering, they are suffering, and they will not make positive statements about their experience in the military. And if you want to know the numbers, the sheer numbers of millions of people that have punitive discharges over the last several decades, do your research. And then you'll say, well, my goodness, obviously, we aren't going to get any recruits from people that have talked to other veterans that got out with punitive discharges. And that's the truth. You won't. So the whole system has to be overhauled and modified 
by people that are not part of the problem, which is the command and the flag community. You must do a complete top to bottom overhaul of the discharge review process and the board of corrections for all branches of the service. And if you don't do that, then you're going to have the same problems, the same problems. And I know because I've done thousands of these cases and there's little, if ever, any meaningful change and the cost for the young recruit and his family to try and fight a discharge upgrade is prohibitive. So, Secretary Hicks, I hope that uh, this will alert you to one of the many problems that you're facing if you're serious about improving retention and recruitment. The first um, episode was the the treatment of young recruits once they are in basic training and the fact that they have no place to go for moral or spiritual support the chaplains sometimes aren't even existing on a base they have nobody to turn to except their immediate chain of command which absolutely uh, shuts them down from any access to individuals that could bring about a change and if they do complain they are harshly treated both physically and mentally And then the second episode here is the dismal efforts uh, by the government to allow a discharge to be upgraded. It's so insignificant, the number of people that uh, get granted a discharge, that the whole process is suspect. It's there in name only, but in operation, it's a dismal failure. And it's insulting and demeaning if you've ever gone through these hearings. Sometimes the individual members, I said I'm not going to disparage them, but there are instances where the individual board members are very, very disparaging toward the recruit. They're insulting. And uh, some of these kids have nothing more than a high school education. And to see an 06 tee it up and insult these kids is just uh, appalling. But it occurs. It occurs. So that's your second installment from me. There's uh, more on the way. And uh, you can call me at 800-481-2526. Both Secretary Hicks, if you want to meet, I'm available. You want to call me, I'm available. But to other listeners that enjoy these podcasts, which are sponsored by the Edmonds Law Firm at no cost, call us, 800-481-2526. We handle all phases of the military, both uh, recruits that are being uh, maltreated, mistreated. Um, We help veterans that are facing uh, discharge upgrades that are preventing them from uh, becoming useful and valuable contributors in society. And uh, we also deal with active duty. So... We've represented uh, flag officers down to E1, uh, 46 years of global experience, and I'm happy to talk to you. So this is Attorney Alan Edmonds. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, again, 800-481-2526.
Secretary Kathleen Hicks, you have a big job and it requires incredible amount of courage. And uh, I wish you the best. Thank you.